0: Hi everyone, you're welcome once again to another episode of Ugo's Take. Today we have a lot to talk about. Um, First off, today's episode is titled, It's a Football Thing. So if you um, listened to the last episode, um, the the New Year's episode that I um, did, um, I gave a a quick rundown of um, what you would be expecting to get from the podcast. And also I'd like to tell everyone, um, that this podcast is a multi team podcast. So we talk sports, we talk food, we talk uh, business, we talk comic books, we talk creative stuff, we talk current affairs. You know, we talk about different things that happen in the, in the world generally. So it's not a singular team uh, podcast. Um, so I just thought so I'd get that out there. Now, there are lots of things to talk about. Now, we have um, the Frank Lambert issue we have to talk about um, who to we'll be dealing with. Uh, We've got um, the issue I have with VAR, particularly I have issues with VAR. Um, We'll be talking about those as well. And also, uh, we'll be talking about um, um, the situation uh, at Chelsea. And also, finally, we'll be talking about the extinction of the fox in the box, of foxes in the box. So let's dive straight in. Chelsea. It's no news that Chelsea has been suffering, should I say, uh, from a poor spate of form this this past the uh, this past weeks. You know, really um, losing to Everton, then sort of winning against West Ham, then lo- losing to Wolves, losing to and playing really badly against West Ham United, despite the fact that one um, losing to uh, Manchester City very badly lost in the. In the first um, 25 minutes, the game was over, and it was a Stamford Bridge. Now the question that has been on the lips of people is: is Lampard under pressure, um, should the club give him time? Should they let him? Should they give him the sack? Does he deserve to leave? And all that. Now you have some section of the Chelsea fan base that feel like um, he should be given time. Because he's a Chelsea legend. Last season he had a transfer ban, he couldn't bring anyone in. And then this season, you know, is the actual season, he's actually had a transfer window that is actually signed, that's actually able to sign players. So why not give him an opportunity to play? And now um some other uh, some others as well are of the opinion that you spent the, the quarter of a billion pounds on the squad, or at least close to a quarter of a billion pounds, I think it was uh, around 220 billion pa- million pounds, sorry uh, as uh, opposed to 250, but that's really, really close to a quarter of a billion pounds spent on your squad, you know, Timo Werner Hakim Ziyech um, Kai Havertz got a new goalkeeper you know, you wanted the new goalkeeper the club gave you a new goalkeeper, so someone of the opinion that, come on You've had as good a transfer window as anyone. Probably the only window that would drive all this would would have been the first window, um, 2014 and five um, transfer window, uh, when Abramovich uh, took over the club and decided to spend uh, on, on the club. So that would have been the the only window where Chelsea had really spent as much as it did this um, this in this window. So for me I feel there are merits to both sides of the argument you know but and very soon you know what's what side of the arguments I uh, I am on you could say Jürgen, you could say Jurgen club um came into Liverpool it seemed like it would be another um barren spell of um uh, um Premier League win, uh, win uh, the winning the Premier League title but it turned out that <laughs> Club took him about three to four years, and then bang, he got to the Champions League final, lost to Real Madrid, bang, he got to the, the final again, he won against Spurs, then he won the Club World Club cup then he won the Europa League against Chelsea, then they won the league, you know, after the previous season gotten in the close with Manchester City. You know, so all these, you know, you could you could use those as sort of and um, precedents where managers have been given. Time to um, hone, not hone your craft really, but build a team, fit in players into different positions and get them playing. But one thing about the club era was Liverpool always finishing in the top four. Comfortably, I would add, always finishing in the top four. Top four wasn't up for debate. They will finish in top four, and maybe they lose um, to the big teams, and maybe some of the uh, supposed lesser teams. But still, they ended up finishing the top four, you know. And then this, this season, they caught it really close um, to Man City, and the, the next season, they actually won the league. So that is a question. That is a question. Now, does should Lampard be giving more time? For me, I feel Frank Lampard, he's not shown enough for, to remain in the job. Now, I'm not saying he should be sacked. He can be given time. Who knows how things may shake out and how things may, may turn out to be. The team may respond to him as time goes on. But I have some major problems with Frank Lampard. And those problems are one, lack of flexibility, in-game flexibility. You know, it's one thing to set your team up, a 442, a flat 442, four four 2 diamond, you know, with your wing backs pushing up to give you width, and then you have your two strikers, you have someone sit um an attacking midfielder in behind the two strikers, and then you have someone at the base and you have two midfielders who um, most times are two eights or two tens, depending on how you want to shake it. And then you have your four four two as a four diamond of four four three, you know. But sometimes it doesn't pan out the way you want it to. You know, sometimes you get into games, and I'm sure Frank Lampard and other coaches know this even more than I do. I just love to talk about football. I love football. I know I have not had any sort of coaching badges, so these coaches obviously know more about this than I do. You know, you know more than of this than I do. So, some in-game flexibility. And Frank Lampard, if you remember, his first uh, um, interview, he said he would love his team to be flexible, to be able to play different types of formation based on the opponents they face, based on the stage in the game. But we're not seeing any of those. And everyone is quick to blame the English media. Everyone is quick to blame the two tool, his tools, Timo Venn are not scoring goals. But how would you expect him to score goals when you've had him playing out wide, out on the left, for God knows how long? For I think fifteen games, or so, there are about no competitions he's played out wide. Now you may say um, he can play. Just um, he could play on any uh, in any um, of the front three attacking positions: that is left wing, right wing, or centre forward. Fair, fair deals. But he's not being used as a supporting striker when he plays out wide. He's being used as an actual winger. And then Frank Lampard micromanages the switch of play in terms of the wingers. There's a, a micromanaging which doesn't really augle well for fluidity when you're playing. You have the players interchanging wings automatically. See more, uh, how do I put it now? Naturally, in a more organic fashion. As opposed to, oh, uh, you stay here for, for 10 minutes. No, that's the flow. So each fullback doesn't know what to expect. You know, and then in recent games, I've seen Lampard kind of give up. When did we see this? We've also seen this. When Conte was in charge, he gave up. There are games where the game should just be, you know, the team will be performing badly. And then you see Conte have his arms folded. And then that's it. Like he's lost interest in the game. Same thing with with Lampard. That's what Lampard seems to be doing at the moment. You know, her arms folded at the chest. You know, he did a, a Wolves game. He just was watching the game. And then he waits 15 minutes to the end of a game. You want to get back in to bring in Kai Havertz. You need the goal. You don't bring on any striker. There's no flexibility. Okay, I'm playing with one striker. It's difficult. Okay, let's switch to two strikers. You may not win the game, but it shows you're trying and you're appreciating what's going on in the field of play. Now, Frank Lampard may come good, he may turn out to be a phenomenal um, signing for Chelsea in the long run, he may turn out to have as good a career as he had when he was a player for Chelsea, but come on now, he has to show it at some point. And now, the part of the argument that I don't really, I don't really get, I appreciate the argument, but I don't share it, I think that's the better way to put it, I... Get the argument, but I don't really share that position, you know. And that position is Frank Lampard is a legend. Is you know he's done so much for the club. You know he's brought in uh, academy players to to play for the team, but that means nothing <sighs> because he's not coming to do some charity work for the. For the team, he's not. He's actually under a contract, he's being paid as a coach. He didn't come to the club to say, Oh, uh, for all the years, all the times we had together while I was a player, now I'm coming to play for you, he's on a free contract. No, he's being paid as a manager. He's being paid as a manager. In fact, Chelsea has given him (laughs) a lot. Let's be honest, how many how many coaches in the championship would get straight off to one of the biggest jobs in the Premier League? I'm not saying biggest clubs, because at least United will argue they're probably a bigger club. Um, and some other clubs as well. Aston Villa would argue they have rich history as well. They won the European Cup and different arguments. But it's actually one of the biggest jobs, most lucrative jobs in football not just in england but in europe as a whole or in the world you know in the championship what was his pedigree he took derby they're playing some exciting stuff he promoted some youngsters and then they won against um, leeds united in the semi-finals of the playoff got to the playoff finals and they lost you know, he may say, okay, the quality of players he had, or looked at the style of football that he, he uh, played, and when his team was able to play, um, that is when he was a coaching derby. That's okay. So, because of that, and given the fact that he's a legend, he's played uh, a lot for, uh, um, he knows what it takes to win. He knows the Chelsea way, so to speak. So let's give him this opportunity. Let's bring him on you know to uh manage this this uh, team okay he's, he was brought on he, he promoted youngsters and all that so <laughs> and there's an argument that's even very that's even funnier and even weird i would say and that argument is oh the club spent 220 million pounds um that's kind of um making it difficult for lampard to fit in the players do you know how many players in the Premier how many coaches, rather, in the Premier League that will bite your hand off if you offer them such a window? Such a transfer window where you get all the players, you get a new goalkeeper, irrespective of the trans, the record breaking uh, um, transfer that was pulled to get Kepa in, like £70 million. The club say, yo, you want a new goalkeeper? Yeah, you have it. You want Hakim Ziyech? Yeah, you have it. You want uh, um, Timo Werner? You have it. Kai Havertz? You have it. You want um, Rhys James to be ahead of the club captain, one of the longest-serving players for the club? You want them? You want him to be ahead of him? No problem. You have it. You know? You want Ben Chilwell, one of England's left backs? Yeah, you have it. Who's ready to spend the money? So you can turn around to blame the club. Now people stick to this romantic notion of, of oh, a coach should stay for a club, with the club for ten years, twenty years, longevity. But that is just, I would say, a romantic notion at best, and a fantasy in the worst in the worst case scenario, because let's face it, Alex Ferguson was an anomaly venga an anomaly Say at the club for 20 odd years and let's look at the clubs that have been that perform, that are right up there you know that are right up there year in year out in the champions league contesting for champions league titles you know <laughs> contesting for their league titles year in year out what how did they go about it <laughs> you know how did they go about it Real Madrid, once it seems like you're not fighting for the title, you're good as, as good as gone. Bayern Munich, once it seems like you're not even playing very well, you're not smashing teams as they expect you to, only Hunes pulls the plug and you're and you're off. Kovac found out how to, to to his dismay, I would think, you know, and then Hans Flick. Came in. He played the kind of football they wanted. They started winning again with pace. They so he's done the job. Those idea of a five-year plan, you must show that the five-year plan is indeed working. And for me, Chelsea lost to Man City in a very bad way because at some point it felt like Man City were <laughs> at a beach in Brazil just chilling and having fun it wasn't like they were playing against a Premier League rival, it was like they were just having fun at, at the beach kicking the ball around you know, but for me that's not actually so much of a problem because it happens sometimes title rivals come against each other, sometimes against in derby games um, rival teams come to each other and fun goes out the window and then sometimes you lose, it happens but when it seems to happen too regularly even against supposedly smaller teams and teams who have indeed smaller budgets like you lose to an Everton, you play well, you lose to a Wolves, you lose, you lose to a Wolves 2-1 and what change did he make to affect the game? apart from the tactical side of things normally when you have an ex-player a legend for a club and it comes to be a coach at a club where he has done so much for the club and the club has done so much for him and um, there's that good relationship what you see many times is even when the coach lacks that Tactical nuance because maybe he doesn't have that much experience as a coach. Maybe he just got his UEFA coaching badges not too long ago, so he doesn't have that um, tactical nuance that uh, uh, more experienced coaches like a Jürgen Klopp would have, or your Pep Guardiola would have, or your Jose Mourinho would have. But you has that fire, you know, is able to light the fuse, you know, in the bellies of the players, and they are willing to die for the badge on the pitch. We have not seen that. No, we haven't. We haven't. I'm not saying Lampard should be sacked. But what I'm saying is... That debate should be entertained. The debate of um, whether he should be sacked should be entertained. And really, Chelsea should be looking closely at how he's playing. And what's going on. Looking at how he's playing. Because there are some elements of, you know, at some point, he didn't want to play. He just wanted to play four-three-three. Come hell or high, high water, I would play 4-3-3. But I have the players to play, I would play 4-3-3. And this is where Chelsea is. Last season, Liverpool made excuses for Frank Lampard. Uh, no hazard, no transfer window. So when they were losing when Chelsea was losing to Bournemouth losing to things that they shouldn't necessarily lose to losing to West Ham and things like that we're defending Lampard and this year they're finding more things to defend Lampard for some pundits want Chelsea to go on a 10 game winless streak <laughs> before um, anything is done about Frank Lampard or you know that's just silly because look at the teams that are perennial European League I mean, European Champions League winners and contenders, that and how they perform in their leagues the perennial the League winners, the perennial uh, um, German Bundesliga winners, Serie A winners. Once you fall short of a particular standard, you're off. There's no uh, rom- roman- r- romanticizing, roma- romantic. And am just just, oh, let's, let's leave him here for a bit. Oh, you know, he's a legend. No, 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 If you aren't delivering, and like I said earlier on, he's being paid. <laughs> you know, he's being paid. It's not like um, some sort of charity job he's doing. He's actually being paid. He's earning millions, just like any other coach would. So, let's leave that out of the window. You know, I think Frank Lampard won should be more flexible. Should be more flexible in his tactics. You know. And then there are certain underperformers that Frank Lampard seems to always play. Like Kovacic. Last season he won Chelsea Player of the Year fair dues to him. Deserves it. He has an because of the way he plays, anti pressing. No matter how many people press him, you know he always finds a, a way to wriggle out of dangerous situations, um, good in transition, offensive transition, and does um, decent enough job. Not a perfect job, but decent enough job um, going backwards to defend. But this season he's given nothing. He's offered nothing he's offered after nothing this season to be honest he's offered nothing so why should he always play why should he always play Harvest should play sometimes not just because he's the rec- uh, record signing for Chelsea no <laughs> because Kovacic offers nothing and he at least is creative he's far more creative than Kovacic is give him more, more game time to play give him more game time to play and then there's this Thing that Mason Mount does, I don't know if that's an instruction because I watched Mason Mount when he was an eighteen-year-old playing for um, the the Chelsea uh, youth side that won the, I think the UEFA Youth Champions, UEFA Youth League, and then winning the the UEFA um, the uh, FA Youth Cup. He has the ability to give those passes. You know, many times you see Timo Werner running from deep into space. You expect the ball to go in, the ball is passed, you know, back into the midfield. And then, if, I've not mentioned this before, but if Frank Lampard doesn't show fire, then his players won't have fire. Chelsea Football Club losing to Man City, Man City yeah, a great, a phenomenal team. Kudos to them. It's not. It's not like there's some uh trump uh, change or chicken liver. But they're actually a wonderful side. Won the Premier League. You know, won titles. Under Pep Guardiola. You know, excellent side. No one is doubting the fact. But it gets to a point when you have to look at the coach. So many times the commentators, uh, Gary Neville, uh, while he was uh, um, co-commentating with um, uh, Martin Tyler, he was going on about um, Frank Lampard would be furious at the players, uh, yeah, well, yeah, good. Maybe he's giving them some instructions that they're just not following, true. But he should equally be furious at himself. Because at some point in the game, he just folded his arms across his chest. And just let the game go. No fights. And once again, looking for a goal, you don't bring on any striker, and you wait to the seventy-fifth minute to make a change. So, does he deserve to be sacked? He's getting really close. Chelsea has a run of five games that they should win all of them with due respect to the teams that are coming up against they should win all those games they're playing Marcombe, they're playing Fulham they're playing Wolves again I think all those games are winnable games they should win if Chelsea doesn't win those games, I'm not talking of getting a draw here, win all those games I think then the board Roman and his board should really really look at Frank Lampard's tenor at, at Chelsea and take any action that is needed to because I love Frank Lampard Frank Lampard is my favourite player being a Chelsea fan is a favorite, my favourite player of all time but you have to bring it you know, once you become a coach of a club like Chelsea Manchester United um, Liverpool Real Madrid, Bayern Munich Juventus you must bring it, you must keep your standards as high because once you let your standards drop you know, because the past two seasons, Chelsea has set a standard at finishing top four, not even contesting it at least last season, it was finishing top four, not even contesting uh, for the title, it was top four top four, top four now, we're seeing Charles the process, no, 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 he'll finish top four, maybe he can finish top four once you let your standards drop in the Premier League, where you have collective bargaining and even the least club could end up to 70 million from television deals, means that if clubs continually finish in the top four, no matter how rich your owner is, eventually they become the attraction. You know, they become the attraction for players and then you're left in a hole. And the players you have currently also want to play European football. That's the list. And Chelsea should be going for the title year in, year out. I'm not saying you must win the title every year. I'm not saying you must get the title won every year. But year in, year out, you must be in contention. Maybe you finish third, you finish fourth, you finish second. and some years you win it. But every year you can't just slip off. And now you have teams with more with less games played but have more points than Chelsea does. So, so that's my take on the Frank Lampard issue. At this point, the Athletic has said his, his job is in jeopardy and the club are considering other options. Any fan that begrudges the board, well, I think maybe... <laughs> Uh, well that's your opinion that's your own opinion but the club has to look at the welfare of the club what is good for the club not for not what's best for the club's legend or what's best for the club the club's manager is what is best for the club and Lampard may not be saying anything wrong but sometimes this is a harsh truth you need players just need a different voice just a little trick here and there and that change saves the season so that's my take on on frank lampard and we're still on to this edition of of ugo's of ugo's take and so uh, it's a football team we're still going on and and the next thing we'll be talking about is VAR. VAR was meant to make sure <laughs> that certain things they happen that it that decisions we're more clear cut, you know. But now, what we have in a situation where you're having more questions, you're having more doubts as to what is what should be done, you know, what are we expecting from that. Okay. Let's take um the Chelsea West Ham game. You know, uh, um Chiwell got the ball from um Christian felicity crossed the ball in Olivier Giroud scored the goal, one-nil. I was spent examining, looking at the inches, you know, at looking at the position of Benchy was fit to see if he was offside. How minutes went by, they were looking, examining, drawing the lines. Okay, finally, he's onside. Uh, but, when it came to an infringement, at least an alleged infringement, on Chris, Christen, um, Andrea Christensen, the Chelsea central defender, um by Jagrilish because Jagrilesh kicked out at least, that's what I saw the, there was no examination, there was nothing VA did nothing there was no looking at all the athletes, examine it if from the examination you can see that is there was actually no foul or no infringement okay, fair dues go, go on with it, go on with the game can't give the goal as, as a goal and the game goes on, no now, you had have, you have the uh, uh, Manchester United game. Paul Pogbaugh fouled his own, his own self. He kicked his, his own heel. Fell on the floor. Vi looked at it. I don't know what they saw. And said there was contact. Enough for a penalty. Man United won the game 1-0. <laughs> they won the game 1-0. The game against Manchester, uh, Chelsea, Manchester City. Fair deals, whether or not it was a foul or infringement or not, Chelsea played horribly and deserved to lose. Even by more goals, it could have been 6-0 in the first half. So I'm not saying, oh, that was why Man City won. That would be stupid and silly to say that. But, Rodri's feet was high and he actually made contact with Kovacic's midriff. But Anthony Marshall, name? Anthony something? The referee? Didn't give it. VAR didn't even con- didn't even examine it. That begs the question, what then is VAR? What then is VAR? I thought VAR was meant to in- help the referees and the linesmen make the right decisions at all times in the game and this should be the same whoever is playing whoever the foul is is against but it doesn't seem to be the case it seems for some teams whoever will ignore it and it seems like VAR has given some officials the opportunity to be out of view of, out of the limelight and make decisions that affect the game make wrong decisions make very poor decisions that affect the game in times past a referee will be called out how, how did he miss that how did he miss that so Pogba fouled him against his own heel that shouldn't have been a penalty now no one can speak of VAR because everybody says VAR no one mentions the name of the official no name passing in here uh, XYZ is the official in charge, is the um, VAR official. But when those decisions are in question, no one ever mentions it. And the Aston, Aston Villa game just didn't play too well, but that led to the equalizing goal. No one checked it. So, what is VAR really? What is VAR? Should we be happy with it? I don't I don't think so. I am not happy with VAR. I'm not happy with VAR at all. Now um that's my take on VAR. I think there should be a review of VA and let's have an ob no yeah, have an objective view of what VA is. Let the rules be stipulated. Let's know what VAR is meant to look out for and meant to ignore because this whole thing of VAR um, makes some decisions in some games and other games ign- ignores uh, um, similar fouls in infringement and for me it seems like VAR can spot a bee <laughs> or a tick rather yeah, or a flea a very tiny insect but VAR can't seem to spot an elephant you know, VAR can spot if a player's armpits hair is offside and deny a team its goal. But VAR wouldn't spot a high foot up in the chest of a player. VA wouldn't even consider it. But if it's something very minute, little, then VA jumps upon it and Oh, it's offside. He um three quarters of his toe, of his little toe was um, offside was ahead of the ball and then he's outside, chop off the goal. If VAR can then capture such minute details, then VAR should then be able to capture the more obvious fouls and things like that. And then people keep hiding beyond, behind this clear and obvious error. What do you mean clear and obvious error? When you look at an error or a mistake by the referee that's actually cost a goal, what is more clear and obvious? If you have looked at it, said "Oh, what, if the referee has seen this, I bet he should have given this as a penalty or as a free kick, or and then you chop off the goal." That's clear. You know, sometimes we just bring up some words and phrases and just throw it out there and like we're trying to make people scared. Clear and obvious error. Clear and obvious error. It it must be something ominous. Come on. um send me an email um if you want to send me an email get in touch with the show to stake at you can follow me on twitter as well it's take um at stake Ugo on ugo's on a twitter that is at s-c-a-k-e-u-g-o at stake at stake you can follow me on there you can also follow me on instagram it's ugo's as u-g-o-s underscore t-a-k-e on instagram you could also like my face my facebook page is ugo steak that's u-g-o apostrophe s t-a-k-e on instagram um facebook sorry and then if you want to participate in the show just send me a dm or send me an email and i'll send a messages to you and then um, I'll send the audio link to you where you can ask your questions and be part of the show. I could also send you the Zoom link where you could join up and be part of the show as well. So, that's my take on VAR. Now, the next thing I would like to talk about is Fox in the Box, the extinction of the Fox in the Box. Now, am I talking about a new species <laughs> Of, uh, of foxes or, or animals no I'm not obviously talking about that what I'm talking about is the type of strikers that make their living room make their offices the gold area the 18-yard box you know that made their gold area the 18-yard box I mean, that operated in the 18-yard box to get goals, like your root van destroy like your Chicharito Hernandez, Pipo Inzaghi. It seems to be a dying breed. The fox in the box seems to be a dying breed in world football. And that's sad. And I've seen so many goals missed. Because it seems the modern striker, the modern forward, always wants the ball to fit. You know, always wants the ball past exactly to his feet and that's why it's now easier to defend than it was in the past because you could have a, a poor cross flash across the goal area and then Ruud van der Storoy, after the Blues taps into the net a goal same thing with Charito Hernandez same thing with Pipo Inzaghi you know these players that live to score goals now it's like every player must be fast you know or at least a big lump to hold on to the ball but we're lacking that cutting edge or kelvin phillips could score all types of goals now it seems like um, you must do some extraordinary thing before you must be a footballer you must be um a great dribbler have plays be big if you just score goals you have no value to the team and i feel that sad because one thing I've always loved about football this is a real football NFL people, stay away I, I, I'm joking, I'm joking but seriously this is one thing I loved about football growing up you could play there are different ways you play football different teams played in different fashions you have teams that will play with very fast wingers. you know a left footed winger on the left side right footed winger on the right side whooping crosses in you know, you have the big body striker. You have teams that play with a 4-4-2, a giant forward and a small forward. The small forward g- gets the flick off, off um the the giant forward when he flicks the ball off, and is able to uh, control the ball with his chest or with his feet, and then puts the ball in, plays the ball in for little forward, and then different ways to play, and that is why it was more difficult then. Because you come up against Bolton, they had a different way. You come up against Stoke, they had a different way. You know, people were very scared of Rory Delaps throwing. But now, every team wants to play the same way. That's why I give kudos to Sean Dyke and what he, he's done with Burnley. And in another show, we will definitely talk about the ALK takeover of Burnley and what that would, would mean for the Premier League. But that will be for another. That will be for the next edition, you know. So, the fox in the box. There seems to be a death of this type of players. I don't think it's because players, and no longer have the skill. But I think, I don't have anything to prove this. But this is just my gut feeling. I th- I think that players are being coached after being foxes in the box. This is what I think. I think players are being pushed out of being foxes in the box because they feel, and if you only score goals, then you're not quite a striker. Then you're not quite good enough to play modern football. But whether football, whether we're talking about the football that was played in the 1900s or the football that we played in the 3050s, it will always be about scoring goals. Always. Except football turns into <laughs> maybe sailing, you know, abolish entire, uh, abolish anything known as football and turn it into some sort of um, sailing or log rolling. But as long as it remains football, the beautiful game we all love is going to be about putting the ball in the back of the net. And like I know I'm a Chelsea fan and you may see I'm talking about Chelsea so much but I've seen it in Chelsea games and other games you see crosses flash across the goal no one is there because everyone is expecting the ball to be passed to their feet so when it doesn't come to their feet you see them you see the strikers um, have their noses in the air feeling uh, aspirated feeling angry feeling frustrated that the ball wasn't passed the way they want but those In the era of having the fox in the box once the ball crosses in it may be a perfect cross it may be a horribly horribly miscued cross or a miscued shot that the goalkeeper thinks ah he's going wide and then Chicharito smashes the ball into the net it's a goal but now we don't have those anymore and also i know i'm talking about the fox in the box but we're also losing out on the footballing quarterbacks. You know, your Sex Fabregas, your um Mr. Ozil, your Luka Modricis. Players that can sit and ping a pass. Now you must be built like uh, a muscle car before you complain in the midfield. You must have a tank like um like a lorry before you complain in the midfield. We are all playing the same way. Those footballing quarterbacks that ping the ball from one end of the pitch to the other. You see a player making a run from deep, you're able to not only sing him, but execute the pass. So for me, I think football needs to bring back the foxes and the box football needs to bring back the foxes in the box and i think maybe i'll start a campaign a charity campaign you know save the foxes and the box because we are losing out on this special breed of players players that were built to score paulo rossi of blessed memory you may not you sometimes you don't even hear his name you wouldn't hear his name 10 20 30 40 minutes no mention but when you hear rossi yes go he's got to go because that's what he's lived for and football are missing out on those sort of players next time on it's a thing about food it's a football thing i'll be talking about the the death of the footballer quarterback and i'll be talking about the bonley takeover what it means um for the premier league and what it would mean for Burnley, and what it would mean for Schon I'll just be giving my opinion. I might be wrong. You may feel um, I might be wrong in, what, in the things that I've said. You may have a different opinion. You could feel, oh, Frank Lambert should be given ten years. That's fine. Come on the show. Let's have a let's have a discussion. That's what football is. That's what football is all about. You know, talking about football, you have a different opinions. You know, you may also feel that there's no need to revive. um, Foxes in the box that football has evolved beyond the stage. You could come on, let's have a discussion, you know, and it will be remiss of me, if I don't make mention of events that will be coming on very soon. I've had collaborations with um, co- some companies, some real business resource people that will be coming on on two special events so I want you to be part of the event. Don't lose out. They are all free. There's no chat whatsoever. All you need to do is click on the links that will be sent, There's either a Zoom link or a YouTube link or a Facebook link. It's all free. First off is the BEXCON 2021 Comic Con. is for comic book creators, illustrators, you know, artists and prom- promoters, whatever you do that helps bring comic books to life this is for you to showcase what you have to collaborate with people and it will be on the 10th of this month that's a Sunday not so far away anymore that's barely six days away so try and be part of of this I could send you the link um, to you can send me an email and I'll send you the link and on this just follow me on my Twitter page Follow me on Instagram, like the the, the uh, Facebook page, and I'll you'll get to get to see the links there, and you can like the links. Now, the second one is the Bexcon Business Event. Now, it will be coming on on the 6th of February, the first Saturday in February in the year 2021. It'll be a time for small businesses to come together, showcase. Um, what you have as a business what your business product is what your services are what services you render um, where people can find you your website and also learn from three business experts that will be coming to speak there will be time for questions and answers you know to answer the the questions that you may have and also give an opportunity for you to collaborate with other uh, businesses at the same level of development as you are or businesses that may have gone through it gone past a level that you are at the moment and have made successes of it so at this point i'd like to say all my listeners you listen on spotify you listen on um you're watching via via zoom or you see the video uh, follow the link on instagram on twitter i want to say thank you because you are the real mvps you make this show thick so like i said in the um last episode of the show the new edition of the show what you should expect on this podcast is every monday it's a football thing and the next show as well is ugo's take heroes and villains don't so make sure you don't miss that and then you should also look out for ugo takes on business where are we talking to captains of industries talking to people who make things work in businesses i like to small businesses all over the uk and in other parts of the world nigeria the u.s canada and you can learn things of this these people as well and then which way nigeria which way nigeria if you're of nigerian descent whether you you're born in the uk you're born in the u.s you're born in canada you live there or you live in nigeria or you just want to know what is going on with nigeria or you're a friend with nigerians and you 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 really want to see the country grow and see things improve this show is for you as well so i'll be sending out links if you want to participate just click on the link and be part of it so at this point in time i'd like to give shout out to some businesses um just the african kitchen for your african food in leeds give a shout out to uh sicily's as well wonderful place for you to get um your food on the go um you can't get market needs you get whatever you want there you know foodstuff clothing whatever you get them there and other businesses as well and extra as well lextra learning a wonderful um platform as well for your children to get their gcs prep in place before they go um for their exams so if you want your business highlighted like i said this point is free send me an email send me a message on whatsapp and i'll definitely give your business a shout out so for everyone who's watched who's listened, who follows on spotify who follows who listens on anchor who listens on apple podcast you are the real mvp so thank you so much for being there and you're the reason i do this so have a wonderful day and enjoy